Hey everyone, welcome to the Quarterly Connect, your one-stop shop for all Indiana FFA and agricultural news. We're excited to bring you stories from industry leaders, FFA members, and everyone in between. This month's host is myself, Evan Koblenz, serving as your state treasurer, alongside my co-host, Blaine Vandeveer, your state northern region vice president. During our year of service as Indiana FFA state officers, we hope to share with you the stories of the amazing individuals that are leading and shaping our industry. Join us today at Corduroy Connect to get a glimpse into what we have to offer. Welcome back to the Corduroy Connect. Thank you for joining us here today. And if you're listening and just tuning in, today we have Dr. Steve McKinley, who serves as the Indiana 4-H Youth Development Extension Specialist for Leadership and Volunteerism. Thank you, Dr. McKinley, for being here with us today. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's good to be with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. You bet. So Steve McKinley served currently as a 4-H extension specialist for Purdue University with the Indiana 4-H program. And my areas of expertise are leadership and volunteerism, as Blaine already mentioned. And so I get to work with youth and adult volunteers across the state uh, who work in the 4-H program and provide them with some different resources as well as different learning and educational opportunities in the program. I have been doing this position since uh, January of 2004. And prior to that time, I I served as the White County 4-H Extension Educator for another 13 and a half years. So this is a year 31 going on 32 before too long. Uh, but uh, my educational background is at Purdue University. All three degrees are from there in ag education, in ag economics, and then curriculum and instruction. So at one point, I could have taught agriculture in, in high school. Uh, did not keep that up current, but that was a, a great uh, training ground for me to be able to learn more things than, than what I had experienced before in my in my high school career and to be able to prepare myself to, to be a 4-H educator and to do a better job with that role. So you mentioned you have 30 plus years of experience within. Yeah, I'm old. That's okay. You can say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely will. But you guys, so you said you had 30 plus years, so it means you have a lot on your belt. And so you also mentioned that you potentially could have been an agricultural educator. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, there has to be a certain extent of what agriculture means to you. So what exactly does it mean to you? You bet. Agriculture is obviously incredibly important. It's a way of life for many people, and even those that uh, may not think it is, I think it certainly does touch everybody's lives from whatever you eat to what you wear uh, to the different products that you use throughout your day. And I think we can really extend the concept of agriculture beyond the, the fields that we might see or the, the cattle yard or whatever that might the case might be and, and realize that there's a lot of other things that happen within the, the field of agriculture that is just having an incredible number of opportunities for uh, students as well as for employees and employers and just the, the world as a, in general. And so I, I think agriculture is an incredibly important aspect of, of everything we do on a daily basis. I think some of our listeners can relate, but I personally am always looking towards the future and I always want to know what's going to happen next and try to have answers lined up. So what purpose do you think agriculture will serve as we continue to move into the future and the world changes? Well, it appears that the world is continuing to grow in terms of number of people, in terms of uh, the, the population continues to grow each and every day, and it, it grows pretty 
pretty quickly, it seems. And so how do we respond? Because as the population grows, those individuals need places to live. And so that probably means that the, the ability or the, the space to, to grow some of those crops and to grow some of those animals that may be needed is going to be reduced. And so how do we operate more efficiently, more effectively? How do we utilize the science and technology that we are developing each and every day to better um, better produce those products that will enable us to be able to, to, to live and survive on this planet Earth that we're currently on and beyond. Who knows? There might be something else out there, too, that we haven't found yet. So I think just the ability to, to continue to look uh, and, and explore different options, different ways that you can, can do current processes that uh, we can do them better and finding ways that we can continue to, to improve things in the future will certainly help us. We can never stop learning. There's always things that we need to, to grow and, and experience more. And, and I hope that by doing some of the programs like we have in FFA and 4-H and some of the other opportunities that young people have that gives them the chance to, to practice some of those things, practice some of those skills that can really help them to grow uh, personally, but also give them those tools that they're going need to be to need to to be lifelong learners as they grow into their into their adulthood now you already kind of touched on it there are those challenges that we're facing within agriculture so our next question is going to kind of dig in a little deeper so what is one of those more specific challenges that you find really interesting that you think lies and faces agriculture today that they'll have to overcome how do we tell everybody about the wonderful things that we're doing in ag I think that is a great opportunity for us uh, because we know that uh, not everyone understands it very well. And so how can we do a better job of explaining what agriculture can do, what it's currently doing, what the uh, potential is for the future, and how do we help uh, those that may not be familiar with agriculture understand uh, why there needs to be some certain changes maybe in technology or certain changes in policies that will allow us to do different things than what they're used to. Uh, what does it mean when they go to the grocery store and see certain packagings, when, when they see GMOs, what does that mean? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? How does it affect them personally? And so the more that we can do to explain things to everyone so that we're all a little bit more on a level playing field, I think will help us. And that will help us have better buy-in as we look at those improvements in the future as well. One of the great things about 4-H and FFA is we partner on a lot of those CDEs or those career development events that we have. So kind of going off of that, from your work within Indiana 4-H, how are you personally contributing towards shaping the future of agriculture from your position? So I'm hoping what we're doing as part of our national 4-H mission areas is to touch each younger person, each young person that comes into our program in a different way. And we have three mission areas that we talk about with, with science or STEM. We have the civic engagement and leadership, and then we have healthy living. And we can talk about those in any number of different aspects, but certainly agriculture fits in each of those very, very well. So as we talk about all the STEM concepts, all the different things that can be done with science and technology, engineering and math, and all the ways that that influences is agriculture. Um, it always has. It's even more now than it used to be. And as we can think about how, how young people can learn and grow with those different science areas and show them that the experiments that they are doing now on a very small level can turn into a great opportunity for them to really uh, to develop things in biotechnology or a number of different areas that they can do in the future. The healthy living aspect of things, um, certainly the physical part is what we think about initially, and that's important because we need to keep ourselves physically fit. But I think what we're seeing now even more is the mental 
capacity and the mental challenges that lots of folks are facing. Uh, the last couple of years have shown that it's, it can be very difficult to be in any kind of a, of a profession, including agriculture. And so how can we keep ourselves mentally strong? What can we do to challenge ourselves, <clears throat> but also to take time for ourselves to make sure that we are doing the best that we can to take good care of our mental health? And then the civic engagement and leadership aspect of things, uh, when we talk about um, generosity in the 4-H, one of the 4-H tenets that we have, essential elements. Uh, we think about an agriculture, and that's always, in my opinion, been a very, a very civic-minded organization because we think about agriculture giving back all the time, and that's kind of what we do. Hence, so we do that in 4-H. We do that in FFA. And so how can we continue to find ways that we can help our young people and our adults think about how they can be more civic-minded, how they can think about serving others, helping one another? Um, you know, the one farmer that feeds however many hundreds of people they now feed, that's part of being a civic-minded person. And so thinking about that into the future, how can we help them to have that civic engagement component and also to be leaders? How we talk about being leaders of others, but you've got to lead yourself first, I think. And so what is it that you're doing for yourself to get yourself to the place that you need to be? And then how can you have that positive influence on other folks too? And I think included in that civic engagement piece is something that we're, we're seeing um, more and more emphasis on is, is how can we be more inclusive? How can we be more open to everyone from all backgrounds, with all interest areas, uh, from from all over the place and how can we help each of us to better uh, get along with each other? So how can we include those individuals and how then can we also uh, interact with one another in a very civil, respectful manner? Because I think what we're also have seen is that's that's becoming a little bit of a lost art. And so how can we get that back? How can we learn to talk with each other in a way that's uh, whether or not I agree with you, that's okay. I don't have to agree with you all the time. But if I'm going to disagree with you, I, I can do so in a respectful manner so that we can still end up working together. We can still talk with each other in a, in a way that's going to be uh, uplifting and encouraging to one another, even if we don't agree. So all those different aspects coming together, I think, are ways that we can, can really continue to, to focus and help ourselves to grow into the future. Thank you for sharing all those answers. I'm sure that our listeners can agree that this has just been an incredibly insightful interview, just to hear your perspective on agriculture, where it's going to go in the future, and how it will be shaped by the youth of tomorrow. And it's always great to hear some encouragement and just some good advice about what are some things we can do to help. And so thank you again for taking the time to sit down and share all this with us today. We also have with us today, Dane Chapman, who is the head of retail excellence at Egg Life Foods Incorporated. All right. Thank you, Dane, for being here today with us. We really appreciate your time and consideration for joining us here. Would you first please tell us a little bit about yourself and your career within the field of agriculture? Hey, sure. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm really excited to engage in the conversation and uh, flattered that you guys asked me to be here on the podcast. So Evan, Blaine, really excited to engage. A little bit about myself. I'm from a small community, Brookston, Indiana. And there I spent time in an agricultural community and I come from an ag background. So I was in 4-H, FFA, and really look back fondly on my time at FFA. It really helped develop me into who I am today uh, and helped me understand some of my interests as they relate to business, policy, and the ag industry. And that's what ultimately led me, uh, after being engaged in FFA and 4-H, and uh, being at a small school to then be involved and pursue 
um, a career, I guess, in the agriculture industry. So I went to Purdue University and majored in ag business. Uh, and that's what ultimately led me to Egg Life Foods, which is a very new and innovative food startup, which is actually based out of Chicago, but the production plant is in White County, Indiana. And why that's important to me is because that's the county I grew up in. And so as I think about my career and the next steps, I went to Purdue, I was thinking I would go on to a, a large corporation and that was kind of the plan. Uh, and then COVID happened and things changed a bit and new opportunities arose. And so that's what ultimately led me to Egg Life. And so it's been so fun being involved in a company that provides jobs uh, in my community and also is a better for you product. And so when you think about the agriculture industry and you think about things that I'm passionate about, I can really get behind and feel good about going to work every day and producing a product that's innovative, is high in protein and is a very healthy product while also leveraging uh, all the wonderful things in the agriculture industry and the advancements in the agriculture and food industry uh, to get us to where we are today. And so, as you mentioned, uh, lead a team here at Eglite Foods, a very small team, but we go across the nation and are helping support our product, which is a tortilla um, made out of egg whites. And so it's been a lot of fun, a lot of travel, especially a unique time to be traveling as you think about a global pandemic. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very happy with where we're at today. And I look back on my time in Indiana Cafe and Purdue, uh, and I'm just so grateful for those opportunities to get me to where I am today. You obviously have some ties to small town agriculture, and you touched a little bit about that. So tell us a little bit more about what agriculture means to you. Yeah, great question, Evan. Um, you know, as I participated in FFA, I think there's this thing that we've all heard of called the creed. And so uh, Blaine is very familiar with the creed. I'm standing in the presence of, of an all-star, truly. Um, but when I think about the agriculture industry, I think it, it means a lot to me. I think it's really about the values and the hard work um, that go into the agriculture industry. And it's more than cows, cows, and plows. It's truly the innovation, the business space, um, you name it. I mean, the agriculture industry is changing so rapidly. And that's what I get excited about uh, with the agriculture industry. So what does it mean specifically to me? Yes, it's cultivating and it's growing, but it's not just growing crops and it's not just growing livestock. It's growing us as individuals and leaders uh, in the global space. And so Agriculture has been such a formative industry for me and one that I'm passionate about and, and would be very pleased to spend the rest of my life in the agriculture and food space because I think it's just such a noble career that can make a huge impact on everyone's life and at times we don't even realize it. How can those of us involved in agriculture help to meet those challenges? Yeah, I'm assuming the folks listening to this podcast are ones that are wanting to attack those challenges and create new opportunities. And so I would say that, you know, one thing is just being a continuous learner, always reading more and trying to educate ourselves on how we can be helpful. You know, I think listening to this podcast is probably part of that. Obviously, folks are trying to become uh, a better students or stewards of whatever challenge they may be trying to overcome. But I truly think it centers around education and not only teaching ourselves, 
but also helping educate other folks who want to learn and are interested in learning about some of the challenges that are, are challenging us. So when I, when I look back at my time at Purdue University, I was so fortunate uh, to be able to sit in the room with some very intelligent people, uh, much smarter than me, but being able to learn from them and have opportunities to engage with them, whether they were CEOs of large Fortune 500 companies, whether they were professors or even, even other students that didn't have the same experiences that I did growing up, being able to ask them questions and learn from their experiences, and then also engage in a dialogue and sharing some of my experiences growing up in a rural community, it was so amazing where that direct, where, excuse me, that conversation was able to go in the direction that it took. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, we may not have solved all the world's problems, and we certainly didn't in those conversations, but I always left feeling like I learned something new and, and really had a better idea of how maybe I could use some of the things I learned there or maybe some of the things that I shared with them on how we could collaborate long-term and think about solving some of the issues at hand. So I think truly getting involved, um, the first step is just acting and doing. Uh, and then the second step is being a continuous learner, asking those really good questions and being, being willing to listen and be taught along the way is, is very important. So I would say that's maybe uh, one way that we could get engaged and involved in solving some of those worldly issues. I know I personally can appreciate what you had to say about being a learner. In state office, we take lots of different personality tests and a strengths finder test through Clifton. And learner is my number two, only behind achiever. So I can always appreciate when somebody talks about the importance of always learning and trying something new. And speaking of learning, Dr. McKinley talked about just the work that 4-H does uh, towards shaping the future of agriculture and specifically was focusing on the pillars that 4-H has. So it'll be really cool to hear your perspective on this from kind of more of the industry side, but what work are you and egg life doing to impact the future of agriculture? And more specifically talking about some of those innovations that you have in egg life has been making in that food production sector of agriculture. Certainly. So I touched on it earlier in one of my responses, but with egg life specifically, we're a very innovative food startup. And it's very exciting to be based in Indiana, as you think about that ag biotech space uh, and the innovation that's happening here in the great state of Indiana. Uh, so I'm very excited and proud of all the work that Egg Life has done specifically and how we've been impacting the state of Indiana and the future of agriculture, but more specifically, as we think about the CPG space or consumer product goods and how we're consuming food, you're seeing so many advancements in the agriculture industry. We're no longer extremely focused in trying to educate folks on GMOs and the impacts of that. And it seems that people have been more receptive to the idea of innovation in the ag space. And I say that because we have companies like Chobani that are developing alternatives to food, uh, to, excuse me, to dairy products. We have folks that are creating um, meatless meat in a sense. And what Egg Life specifically is doing is we're able to reimagine and recreate how folks are interacting and consuming protein, specifically in the egg space. And so what our product has been able to do is 
uh, were a tortilla made out of egg whites. And so we've been able to use egg whites and all of the magic that comes with that wonderful product uh, to be able to provide a food product that has five grams of protein, zero fat, zero sugar, very low carbs. And that was all done in the home of our creator, Peggy Johns. And after thousands of recipes, she came across this product and she brought that innovation to uh, you know, the company, which is now Egg Life. And so we're leaning on folks um, that have come out of very, very great institutions uh, that are continuing to look at the uh, ability to change and interact with the proteins of egg life, or excuse me, of egg whites to make our product into what it is today. So I'm just very excited about um, all the egg life has accomplished in our very short time and how we think about eating and consuming the egg and egg, you know, specifically protein within the egg. We really want to thank you, Dane, um, especially for sharing more about yourself and about egg life and your perspective on agriculture as an FFA alumni, as well as someone who works within the food production sector of agriculture. So thank you again for being on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Thanks so much, Blaine. Evan, it was a pleasure to talk to you today. Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Corduroy Connect. Join us next month as we continue to share the stories of the leaders shaping our future. This has been your co-hosts, Blaine Vandeveer and Evan Koblenz. Until next time, Indiana FFA, stay golden.